family, family, family. Tonight, I know it's going to be amazing. We're going to talk about carrying your weight. Are you carrying your weight? When two people are on the same mission and have one understanding, they are evenly yoked. Now, a yoke in its natural is a wooden cross piece that fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to the plow or cart so they can pull. So they can pull in the same direction. The weight is distributed through both and they're pulled in the same direction. So without further ado, are you carrying your weight or are you just along for the ride? So without further ado, let's get right to it. Welcome, family. Your mic is live. Hey, good evening. Good evening. How are you, husband? I'm better. Better. We're good. Are you carrying your weight? Are you carrying your weight? I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I'd like to say I'd like to think I'm carrying mine. I'm trying to. Okay, good. How do you carry your weight? Which weight are we talking about? Are we talking about the the weight of financial responsibility? Are we talking about the weight of emotional support? Are we talking about the weight of you know, fatherhood, motherhood, what, what are we talking about? Are well, we just talking about the weight of husband and wife and household? It's, it's and, all weight. Okay. Okay. I can dig it. Well, I'd like to think I'm carrying my weight, you know, at least from um, in every aspect. I may not be the um, the top provider um, financially, but when I look at my role in our relationship, I I do provide um, oversight, you know, as far as the household is concerned and 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 planning um, different things as far as the family is concerned, and uh, of course taking care of the kids. And I also I also work, so you know I'm able to contribute financially to everything that we have going on. So um, when I look at how just for our household and how it's set up, I like to think that I'm. You know that I'm carrying my weight from that aspect. Okay. One six seven seven. Are you carrying your weight? 
You, yeah, talk. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Hello. Hello. You are carrying my weight. Yeah, are you carrying your weight? I carry my weight, and I carry the weight of five men. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Good to hear. Yes, sir. I carry the weight of so, five fathers. I take care of my kids. The uh-huh. mom don't supply nothing for my kids. Okay. I supply my kids with their own home because they're not happy in the home with their mom because they don't receive what they feel is the proper loving and support. So to assure that they have all that, I supply times five. My man, you know, we should, we going to applaud that because we need more fathers, not only in the black community, but all around, period. So I applaud that. Straight up. And I ask that God give you the strength to keep it up, bro. Thank you, though. Now, man, that put a smile on my face. But that's a brother right there. When it comes to being evenly yoked and weight being distributed amongst two that's on the same mission, that's very important. What that does is that keeps one from being tired. That keeps one from carrying the load. (laughs) So let's talk about how you carry your weight. How is it distributed so that you're not tired and your partner isn't tired? Well, my weight is carried as a single father. My partner or my kid's mom is married and the person she married don't believe in extensive care for the kids. Mm-hmm. When his kids graduated from high school, he felt as though they was going to need to be on their own. But in today's society, mm-hmm. especially in the African-American community, we definitely need support in getting higher education. So for my kids not to fall under the same pattern and hopefully not falling under the blue-collar worker to whereas they're being challenged at everything they do, I'm providing them that stepping stone of getting a higher education. So my support is the support of a single father. You know what I mean? I work seven days a week for my kids. I want to see them to excel in society, not saying that they couldn't excel in the blue collar because most of my work is done by hand as a blue collar. Right. But my work is also white collar. I have to use my head, my intelligence, in order to sustain a certain financial quote. So they don't have to be around here 
wondering where their next meal, their next dollar. They don't have to wonder about anything. The only thing they have to do is go to school and make good grades and keep a good conduct and attitude and understand that society owes you nothing. Society's mm-hmm. not going to give you anything. If you want it, you got to work for it. So I set the role model for that every single father. I don't have a support factor. I'm the support. I support you. Man. Oh, I do. I do. And once again, I commend it. It's it's great that you lead by example. Like you said, you support the role model. So I know that the stress is on you solely. So you have no one to be evenly yoked with. Although I'm sure there's times where you wish like hell that somebody was there to help you with some of this weight. All the time, my brother. I hope for it, but it don't stop me. You know what I'm saying? I can't. I can't let that hinder me in no way. In no way. Until they come, you still move. Yeah, I got to stay. I got to stay busy. I stay busy. I'm, I'm never satisfied with what I have, and I never let my kids be satisfied with what they have. And it shows in the fact that my son, he plays high school football. He also has a trainer. So he takes his own initiative. On, he has to go to the train on Saturdays and Sundays. Nine o'clock in the morning. He he's capable of driving. So not one time do he either say, Daddy, I can't go, I don't feel good or or daddy, uh you know, that's basically what I'm saying. He doesn't make an excuse. So when I get up to go to work on a Saturday, he's already up heading to his trainer. I don't have to go wake him up or nothing. So I know that the fact that I'm working and showing examples is showing through him. I don't have to motivate him or anything. He knows you've mo- he has you've motivated him. to get to the next level, man. You motivate him. You plant that seed already. Uh, it's planted. He was he was he was accepted to the honor roll society last year. I don't don't have to sit there and preach to him. I lead by example. My man, which is the greatest example or the greatest lesson, is those that's taught by example and not by words. Exactly. And the most important thing of it is, is that they adhere to the word. Don't become rebellious to the word. Don't let my positive criticism... Be taken negatively. That's what I tell my son and my kids all the time. If you take it negatively, you're just making excuses as to why you don't want to do this. Because there ain't nothing in this world going to make me steer you the wrong way. So why would I send Absolutely. you through a negative path and send you down the wrong path 
because it's going to be a burden on me in the end. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's true. So, your son is honor roll student, football player. So, he know from a young age about carrying weight because he, his parents have high expectations. His father have high expectations for him. Ones that's still attainable. And he's it's selling from the sounds of it. Totally. Never never rebellious, man. I thank God for it. It's just a non rebellious kid, like you know, you understand. Perfect example today he called me and he said he needed some money. Alright. I said, Well, you brought clothes from your mom's house? No, I got clothes. Hey, your sister said you wearing the same clothes week after week. Daddy, she lying. I said, you don't talk that way to me. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right, Daddy. Um, she's not telling the truth, Daddy. I got plenty of clothes. See that note? I, it didn't take nothing for him to understand. You know, there's certain times that you got words that you use. You don't use profanity or any type of language that's not conducive with your parents, and hopefully you ain't being mm-hmm. out, you know, outspoken in the wrong way just with your friends because that's not what you taught. Mm. Now we we must be mindful that when they get from around us, they tend to do what they want to do, what their friends are doing. But I'm led to believe that he is that leader. Just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean that he's going to do it. Just based on what you're telling me, I believe that he's that leader. At all, brother. He drives to practice. He drives to his training on the weekend. I don't never have to call him and say, hey, man, where you at with my car? He go to train. He'll call me if he needs to make a stop, and he comes back home because that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to go to training, go pick up your friends, go to the mall, crash my car because you're all out of the element. I teach him, and I teach his sister that you do what's expected. Like my employees, I don't believe in trust and my kids or my employees because trust isn't part of their upbringing. Trust isn't part of my employees' job criteria. Their criteria is what I tell You come in, you get in one of my car haulers, you go haul the cars, you come back. You don't get in one of my car haulers, go to your friend's house, don't pick up my – that's not part of your job criteria. So I teach my kids that. What you do is what you're expected of, not what you want to do. Mm. Well, I want to go by my friend's house, Daddy, so I stop. No, bro. Wait until you get grown and then you make those decisions to deviate from what you're supposed to be doing. Because if your deviation caused me money and hardship, then I in turn got to cause you hardship. 
can't cost you no money because you ain't at the job thing. So it's, it's just the upbringing. And I, I once again, I thank God that that my my kids don't rebel against the things. Can't say the same for a sister, but she's a work in progress, as they say. <laughs> Keep working. Keep working her, brother, and I'm sure she'll come around. She'll see that your best interest is in her. From day one, when she fell out the womb. She'll see. I've always she'll see the light. Oh, for sure. Man, I really do appreciate you calling. I appreciate your story, man. It's real it's real touching. But it makes me proud to know that brothers are handling business. Now the news ain't gonna give it to you. So I'm gonna tell you, keep up the good work, bro. What you're doing is very necessary and appreciated. Can't help it, man. It's just the way I was raised. My man. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts on the brother's testimony about him carrying all his weight on his own? You need more like him. You know, for for those who, you know, um, okay, every relationship don't work out. You know what I'm saying? And and we as adults understand that. I think the point that we have to get to is regardless of whether the relationship work out or not, you still have to bear your own load, especially when it comes to the kids. And, um, you know, you also, I think that we have an obligation to our kids to keep the other parent involved. And obviously that's probably a perfect world, which we do not live in, so I get it. But when you have a single parent who is holding it down and, you know, bearing that responsibility, especially when you've developed communication with the child um, and, and the child is able to see what they lack in one household, you're able to step in and provide that and yeah, need more like them. I mean, you know, that's, that's all good stuff right there. That's what you want. That's what you want to do. Well, we're going to have that brother do a seminar or, or something. You got to step up and teach. You got to teach. Man. But did you hear him say he heard the weight of five men? Man, what you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... Yeah, I mean, you got to, shoot, when you got kids, when I was growing up, my daddy used to tell me you had to have a job for every kid you had. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, you know, I mean, you you think about it, you know, the way the the five men, that's a heavy load. But the truth of the matter is, is when you have children, whether it's one, two, three, four, or five, you know, the, um, I mean, he could probably bear the weight of five men easier than he can, you know, rearing these children up because it's, it's a different day, a different time, you know, and um, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's kind of like 
Five men, yeah, that's that's about right, especially when you got kids. We're gonna. You asked earlier about how are we talking about evenly yoked, distributing weight evenly. In a situation like this, in a perfect world, how do you feel weight should be distributed evenly? You talking to me? Yes. Um, in a situation like this, like what in a two parent? Two parent household. Okay. Um. Well, I think first you have to kind of look at the dynamics of the relationship. Um. When when you talk about, or when you when you think about being evenly yoked, um, I think that. The foundation um, has to be, you got to have the same foundation in order to be able to distribute weight evenly. So if you can't, for instance, like you can't distribute the same type of load on the wood foundation as you can on a cement foundation. So when when you have two people that, that's coming together as one, um, that foundation got to be the same or else you're not going to be able to distribute the weight evenly. Um, so I think first and foremost, just knowing the, you know, knowing the other person in such a way where you can establish that. And then, um, you know, the conversations can be had as far as, you know, where where one is strong, the other is weak. You know, obviously um, you'd want to distribute the weight according to, strengths and what they're good at. That's the only way you can succeed. Um, you know, you can forget about all the taboo where the 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 wife is the barefoot or the woman is the barefoot pregnant, you know, child, you know, raising the children all all day long because nowadays, you know, that's not the only thing that we can do as women. That's not the only thing that we're good at. We're good at a multitude of things. And so I think it's important to have those conversations with your significant other, your wife, partner, or however you call it, and um, and determine the best strategy for you and your family. Good job. Now, you said something to keep, and that's you got to have the communication. Now, in that conversation, you got to be real about strengths and weakness. The brother who was just on, he said that he worked seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like his strength. Mm-hmm. To counter that, so, the, the, the mother <laughs> supposed to be the nurturer or, I guess, not necessarily the homemaker, but kind of like your role. Because I too work seven days a week, so you pick up, you know, outside with the boys, taking, dropping them off to football practice, or picking them up or what have you. 
Am, am I missing something, or is that not the counter the seven days a week? I don't think that's the counter the seven days a week. I do that anyway. I mean, you know, <laughs> um, I, I do that when you were working six and a half. You know, that's just, I enjoy doing that. You understand what I'm saying? Brother, I do. Brother, what you were saying? The strength comes from, the strength comes from upbringing, believe it or not. Because although I work seven days a week and my kids are teenagers, I still go home and cook. If my son don't make up the bed in the morning before he go to school, I make up his bed. If his clothes dirty, I wash him. So the strength comes from upbringing. So it, it the balance of power in a two-parent household all comes from upbringing. You can't teach, per se, an old dog new tricks. If the person isn't accustomed to cooking, cleaning, washing, and working hard, then it's going to be an imbalance. But if both parties, both parents are... If their upbringing associated all of these factors, then that's where it becomes easier in the household because I'm not looking for someone to be cooking for me or for my kids when I go in there. So even if I had uh, a significant other at my home, I'm just so accustomed from my upbringing to cooking, cleaning, and working hard until I won't ever come home and say, hey, why you didn't cook or what's for dinner? I'm going to prepare it myself. So some of the burden that she feel like that will will be on her shoulders, it won't be there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's how I feel where, you, where your balance That's where your balance will come in at. You know when, when me and my kids Mom was together I cooked as well as she did I worked more than she did But I still assisted With the kids Just as much as she did I handled my son in football She handled the daughters in, in cheerleading mm. I came home to cook And probably still had to go back out to work but it, it, it just the chemistry was never really there, so it just it didn't work out. But the fact that what I'm saying is that a two-parent household, it just has to be a total balance, and for it to be a balance with happiness, each parent has to have the same mentality or drive as for the kids, work, and the home goes. If there's any separation, if there's any separation mentally, like the husband might say, and I don't like it, then there's going to be a problem there. You know what I mean? Because now the wife, is, or the wife, significant other, the other parent is saying, I'm, I'm working, I'm cooking, I'm taking the kids. All you're doing is working and providing money. Anybody could do that, although that's a false statement that's just, a mindset. 
<laughs> so in order to offset that mindset, you got to step in there and you got to pull some of the load that they don't even expect, whether it's the man or the woman. If you see the man come in the house and he tired, he's drawn out, but he's supposed to go take the son to baseball practice, but you know you ain't tired, and you're going to bring something to eat from McDonald's or Burger King, KLC. Go ahead and grab the son. Give him that relief. It ha- that's, that's, that's where your balance comes in at. You know what I mean? Scratching each other's back, never taking each other down, regardless of what it is in the household. If you want it to work, you got to scratch each other's back. Just Big brother. No, no. Keep up with what you said. Yeah, you're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, ain't enough for me to say. I just sit here and cheer you on, bro. Yeah, man. That's it. You know? That's I can really it. dig Sorry, it. And that's one thing, like you said. Mommy. In, in a relationship, you got to say. Yep. Ego, everything else aside, and do the things that you normally do, if you will. Me, cooking is not my thing, but I can order like nobody's business, just to make sure that the family have something to eat. I've cooked yes, once sir. or twice, but it's not my thing. But you talk about getting up dog tired, five o'clock in the morning to go to work. I'm out the door. No questions, no hesitations. Working is my thing. But you got to come back and balance it, though. Got to come back and balance it. You the bread one. I come back and and grab the kids and bread. do the father thing and whatever else no. she ordered me do around the house order me to do really okay <laughs> but the conversation had early and it all yeah. goes back to like you were saying the upbringing and mm-hmm. the communication yeah. communication is important because you take those orders now she's expecting when you step in the door um, set that order Hey, the trash is full. You'll take it out before she can even get it out of mouth. It's taken out because you saw that five o'clock this morning before you left, but you had to get on on the job. So when you came in, the first thing you did was pulled it out. So now that order that she was expecting to give about this trash bag wasn't even necessary. I saw that. I know that. I got that. It ain't gonna always happen like that, but for the most part, some of them orders that she's waiting again, you uplift that burden off of her mind by handling that. Things will go real good, my brother. Oh, for sure. Or just grab it out on the back door, just sit in the garage until you get home. One less thing, like you said, that's on the mind. Yeah. One less thing on the mind. My man, boy, if we was taught how easy it is growing up, I'm sure we wouldn't have hit our head as many times as we did. It's just 
in order to, you got to have a conversation so we can identify the weight so that we can distribute it evenly amongst us. Do you think that's where the disconnect comes in? Because we're not having that conversation. It's, we almost feel like it's automatic. Like, just because I'll do it, you'll do it. What you think, brother? Mommy? Pizza? That's my favorite toy. What's your thoughts? The next slide, take a left. Mom? I think no. he's on another call. What's oh, okay. So, you, yeah, the conversations have to be had. Um, you know, like I can recall one of the conversations that, that even we had, you know, um, I remember saying, like, we were talking about cooking and, and weight and responsibilities, and I remember saying, like, I could find my way around the kitchen. Like, I don't need you. You know, you ain't gotta come home and cook and do all that. You know, I I can I can handle that. You know, and that was something that we had already established early on. Now, you know, there has been moments, more than a couple moments, where we've actually cooked together, um, which is cool as well. You know, if if we making a chili or something like that, then you chop the vegetables while I man the stove. So. You know, we kind of team up and do things like that together. But, yes, the conversation does have to be had um, in order to know how to split the duties so that you're successful. You know, it's kind of like just the, just what the brother was saying. You know, you, you do a little more um, by lifting burdens, you know, of conversations, or orders that don't have to be had because you already took a note and, you know, already executed what the order would have been had it needed to be given. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's small things like that count. Um, You know, and so on the days when you are tired and I got to, you know, take the kids or do X, Y, Z, then, you know, I pick up and I, I roll on out simply because I know that when I'm tired, the small things, you know, you're going to fill in. Absolutely. And now, in that entire thing, ego has to be removed. It has to be. Because it's I think. Not- Go ahead. If not, it'll be a clash because or I mean for the mission ego has to remove because now it's not about you what you're comfortable doing it's about what's necessary for the team mission. I think when you're in a relationship, in a marriage, your ego needs to be checked before you even say yes or I do, point blank, period. 
because you know the the Bible says that that when you you know when you find a wife, you find a good thing. You know, so if she a good thing, then you need to get your ego in check. Um, and then you gotta understand as well that she's your helpmate. You know, she she's your rib. She's part of you. So, and I know this doesn't happen all the time, but it, anything she says or she does isn't going to be against you. It's going to be to to push you further, to to help you, or maybe just to to understand what it is she needs to do to be able to help you. So your ego got to be in check when you know you check that box and say. Um, I do, or you sign that marriage certificate, or however it's going to be, you got to check your ego then, because if you bring your ego into your relationship, you, you're going to have problems, either either husband or wife, because it, you're going to be contentious if you, um, against one another. Anything she say, you know, you're going to look at her like, what did you just say to me? Maybe she ain't mean no harm, but because you didn't check your ego, you you having issues, you know what I'm saying, and then vice versa. She give you the side eye. She if you come in and be like, you know, hey babe, what's for dinner? She gonna hit you with the side eye, like what? You know, simply because she may have a little bit of ego. Like just because I'm the woman, don't mean I'm the one to have to do all the cooking. You know what I'm saying? So along with those conversations, before you get married or before you, you know, while you're Dating and getting to know each other You have those conversations And then the ego needs to be checked Whenever you make it official In whatever capacity that is to you yeah. We have another You might live Hello Okay. Well, have you decided? Your mic is live. Back to. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Good evening. Okay. Good evening. Uh, would you share with me? I, I apologize for uh, calling in so late. Would you share with me the uh, subject of discussion? Yeah, we're just talking about are you carrying your weight? Relationship wise. Period. I mean it any form of a relationship. It can be you at work, you and your coworkers, it can be you and your significant other, family. You carrying your weight or are y'all evenly yoked? That's a very good question uh, because most, quite a few people have the mindset, I'm only going to do what I have to do to get by. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, in order to carry on weight, you have to have a sense of integrity about yourself um, and uh, your 
characteristics also need to um I apologize. Uh, I I need to just be muted for just a minute. Well, I like what she said. Um, you know, some some people have the attitude of, you know, I'm just going to do what I need to do to get by. And I, from personal experience, you know, like when I've gotten to that attitude then I know, especially when it comes to, like, career-wise, then I know it's time for me to to start getting myself together to move on because when you've gotten to a point where you're no longer self-motivated and, you know, you're just doing what you need to do to get by, um, you're basically just buying time. And if you're buying time, and that means that, you know, you need to be in that preparation stage for what your next blessing is. I can dig that. I believe that when it comes to, you know, like you're saying, once you start checking out mentally, it's a wrap. Because that means, one, you're probably exhausted. You feel mm-hmm. unappreciated, which means that you don't feel or believe that the weight is being distributed evenly. Mm-hmm. Not even so, about weight. Let's talk about the reward. You know what I'm saying? Or the recognition. You know, it's it's like, um, you know, when you look at it from, from the aspect of, of a career, you know, not only – when you get to that point where you've mentally checked out, not only is the weight not being distributed um, evenly, but the recognition may not be um, distributed evenly either for, you know, for the work that you put in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Or the appreciation. You know, not, not that you have to be, you know, recognized for doing your job, but just the appreciation or, you know, someone taking notice that, you know, you you still, like, you still hanging in there with me. You know, we've been working our butts off, and, you know, I, I, I'm going to get you, you know, we're going to go to lunch or we're going to get, you know, i take you out and get you a drink after hours or, you know, something to say, hey, I see you. You know, I'm, I'm in here. I'm in it with you. Yeah. People need that. Absolutely. Okay. And that's not too hard to ask. 9124. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, appreciation. Um, you know, it, for some people, just saying thank you makes a world of difference. You don't even, you know, have to. I mean, I was raised that. You know, respect, recognition, being polite. Don't cost you nothing. How much do it cost you to just say thank you? Mm-hmm. Recognize that person. You know, and a lot of jobs, they don't even know your name. Let alone telling you thank you. You know, and sometimes it's just, um, you know, sitting down together at lunch. It ain't got, you don't even have to take them out to uh, lunch, dinner, or any of that. 
just, mm-hmm. you know, having a conversation, something that we've gotten away from because we're these phones have just about turned us into robots, you know. Uh, many of our just emotions or even just common courtesies have been deleted. Mm-hmm. That's true, and and I agree. But I think that the phones kind of helped us out as well. It's how dependent we've come to our phones. True. I mean, my phone don't move. I'm cool. But I need to go pick up a book instead of grabbing his phone to define what a yoke is. <laughs> That's it. We're going to welcome Pastor to the line. Pastor, welcome. Your mic is live. Yes, sir. Good evening. Good evening. We are talking about are you carrying your weight? Wow. <laughs> is that a is that a, a simple yes or no answer or um <laughs> are you talking about in in life, in marriage, in uh, business, and talk to me. If me and you are yoked up, put on the load. Am I the only one pulling? Or are you pulling with me? Well, uh, first of all, I, I gotta say this because if I don't, if I don't, if I don't say this, then. I'll end up going off in the wrong direction. But first of all, you, you got to make sure that you yoke with the right person. You know, the, the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked. And so if you're carrying, you know, your weight and my weight, then, uh, you know, you might want to might wanna disconnect because you, it shouldn't be that way. Everybody should carry their own weight. So, again, before you talk about being... Uh, carrying the weight, you got to talk about being uh, yoked together properly. You got to make sure that, in, you know, um, in business with the right folks. You got to make sure you're married to the right folks. You got to make sure that you, you got to make sure of that because if you're not, I promise you, you're gonna you're gonna wear yourself out. You're gonna wear yourself out. So, and when you're not yoked together properly, and you're carrying too much of the weight. More than likely, the yoke is designed, uh, if both of them are pulling the same way, it'll do a straight line. But if you are pulling more than I'm pulling, then it's going to go one way, and literally you'll end up going in a circle. So, you know, if you and I are together and your life is not increasing, if you and I are together and you're not learning, you're not growing, uh, you know, you just feel like you're going around everything is deja vu, then no, I'm not pulling my weight. So we need to check ourselves with all of our contacts, you know, and our cell phones. We need to check ourselves with everybody we're associated and affiliated with. And if they're not enhancing our life, then they may be really uh, <laughs> uh, unequally yoked when it comes to us. 
So uh, the best way for right. me to find out if I put in my weight is to see if the person I'm connected with, if they're growing or not, and to see if I'm growing. Because if the iron is not sharpening the iron, somebody's getting stabbed somewhere. Hmm. You remember that song? Say, you get going in circles. Yes, sir. That don't apply to this, does it? <laughs> More than you know. <laughs> More than you know. More than you know. Yes, but, sir. Now, be mindful. There are times when you have two people together, coupled, that Sometimes you may have to pick up and carry both, all. Mm-hmm. That's just the design, and that's yeah. the team work as well. And then sometimes that, hell, you might have to be carried. You know what I mean? So let's not forget yeah. that part, that we all get tired sometimes. But that's the sign of a healthy for me relationship. Being me, that's Remember, not the time for me to run for the hills. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, the thing about it, if it's a healthy relationship, then whenever I break down, that's when you got me. But then whenever you break down, I got you. But uh, it shouldn't be a continuous, ongoing thing. I shouldn't become a crush to you, you know. Um, that's just the way it is. So again, you got to make sure you're uh, yoked together with the right person because if if you yoke together, I use you and your wife. If y'all are yoked together, as God ordained for you uh, to be, then He knows that you're going to get weak. She, uh, He knows your shortcomings and, and 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 hers as well. But at the same time, He also knows that since y'all are ordained, you know, to be together, that you are able to carry the weight whenever uh, she's down, but he also knows that she's not going to stay down. Now, you know, but when somebody just stay down, just just lay down on purpose and don't get back up, and you're having to carry all the weight, you that's that's just not uh, the way God meant for it to be. I'm sorry. That's, that's not the way it should be. No one should have to carry all the weight. I can dig now. Now let's let's talk physics, right? You have a piece of wood, and you have the pivot in the middle, and you have five pounds on this side, five pounds on this side. That's how we create balance. I'm still with you. No. Let's see. I I got a. Good. Here we go. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Go ahead. Now, the five pounds that you carry may be cooking and cleaning. The five pounds that I carry may be, you know, work outside the house, but it's just as valuable. 
It's the balance within the house. You see what I mean? So just because I'm not cooking and cleaning doesn't mean that I'm not counterweight to keep you off balance. Can we agree on that? I think we can agree on it, but I think we also have to um, add the disclaimer that, you know, what balances things out in your house may not balance them out in mine. In other words, you know, the 50% that uh, are the part that you're doing, uh, you know, like, for instance, okay, I'll just say if my wife says, okay, I got inside the house, you got outside the house. Well, okay, if that works for us, we we're in agreement on that, and that worked for us. You can't go and tell Miss Quick, well, I got outside the house, you got inside the house. Well, you may not have anything outside the house. You may have, you know, a, a gardener doing everything, and she in there with 12 babies, the laundry and all that other stuff. You might have to revamp your stuff a little bit. So you, we can't take, you know, just, um, yeah, yeah. You got to be mindful of that because a lot of brothers take Full advantage of that, you know. We'll say I'm the head of the house, but then there's nobody the head of you, and that's a, that's completely out of order. So, you know, <laughs> you gotta you gotta be mindful, man. You gotta make sure you're communicating with your spouse and that y'all are in agreement. The way you pay your bills and the way me and my wife pay our bills—that's two different things, right there. So, you know, you have to sit down with your spouse and you have to be, or your business partner, whatever. You got to come to um, um, a, a God ordained agreement. Agreed. Miss Quick, you wanted to say something? I was actually, he actually just said basically what I was going to say because I was thinking along the lines of my five pound bag of sugar may not, as, you know, won't provide the same balance as your five-pound weight or dumbbell. Just because both of them are five pounds, you know, your dumbbell going to be heavier than my sugar. So, you know, you still, you know, have to kind of, yeah, so (laughs) that's what you said. Well, the the, the, the five pounds of dumbbell is enjoyment for quick. Five pounds of sugar is work for Miss Quick, so you know that's, right. a, that's the imbalance right there. But but see, it's still five pounds. Now yeah. what I deem valuable, <laughs> and what you deem not valuable, invaluable, may be different. But what we deem necessary and responsible. That that needs to take the priority. Yeah, that needs to uh, be the same. We, we, when you when you say, well, listen, this is valuable to me. It's keeping my body in shape, and it is. It really is. But this is valuable to me. Uh, keeping dinner on the on the on the table and on the table and clothes clean and kids clean and bills paid and and and, and all of that. And so you're in shape, but you're not tired, and. You're and she's worn out, you know. And so it it, it it really is all about communication. It's all about loving because my thing is this. If you ever learn to handle your five pounds and you see her struggling with her five, then if you really, you know, who you say you are, 
it's like, okay, I got finished with my five in three minutes, and here she is still struggling with hers. I got an extra three minutes left. So, you know, you don't sit there and say, I got mine. You better get yours. Go over and help her out. Get yours. Yeah. You better get yours. Come on now. (laughs) I got mine. You better get yours. (laughs) No, you you. you don't do that. Now, for me, that's just about being being a man. Yeah. But five pounds is five pounds. <laughs> so, it's truthfully, like you said, when we had a, the conversation at the beginning, and you can see what's valuable, what's necessary, because based on our raising, we may have different values or the things that we place value on may be different. Can we agree? And I think that, that too, sometimes those conversations need to be revisited because, you know, things change. Sometimes your life changes, you know. Um, So where at one point, you know, you may have been comfortable with, with cooking or making sure we ate, but it's at that point, we only had, you know, two of, you know, just us and, and one child. Well, now we got three. Maybe your cooking skills ain't, aren't aren't great enough to to cook for a family of five. You see what I'm saying? So I think that it's important that those conversations continue to be had so that you continue to be on the same page and, and thrive because, you know, um, even though, like, your upbringing can, um, may have included certain aspects, you're, it still may be limited, maybe on a smaller scale, you know. You know what I'm saying? Pastor, what's she talking about? Because it like me, trying to tell me that I can't order for five, I can place an order. For three, right? Because ordering for five is gonna cost you. It's gonna cost <laughs> you more than it is gonna cost you for three. And you know, it may be something where I may be able to cook. Well, shoot, I can cook a pot of rice and beans and feed all of us for cheaper than ordering for five. So it's it's that when we may need to do the switch up. You know what I'm saying? Well, you can order good, but uh, we'll save more money. Eating my rice and beans. You see what I'm saying? So I think you know you gotta have those, gotta have those conversations because you gotta you know do what what makes the most sense um, for the entire family. Answer well, that. What she just said is that she you actually are a, yeah okay you got it now. No doubt. Oh, of course. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but once again, oh these conversations has to be had. Now, one thing that we must stress is one conversation won't do it. Mm-mm. We got to go back and revisit so that the way it can continue to be distributed even 
because other factors has to be factored in now. Yeah, because if your if, if your if your responsibility is just you know what I I I warm the bottle up and she stays up and and uh, feed the baby and all of that. Well, once the baby gets four, you can stay asleep all night. You don't have to warm any more bottles. So you got to make an adjustment all the time, and that's why conversation. I mean, communication and conversation is so important, man, because. We say one thing and try to hold on to it forever, and uh, we got to understand that you know um, there is a, a a present word, there's a right now word. Even when it comes to God, man, you can't sit there and say, "Well, God said." Well, I know what He said, but what is He saying right now? You know, what is He saying to me right now? I'm not saying that what He said wasn't true, but what is He saying to me right now? You know, what is He saying? Right now, the Bible calls it a preceding word. You got to have a right now word when it comes to, you know, your relationships. And a lot of times, people will get married, and their mom and their dad has taught them well, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the Bible said you got to leave mother and father and cleave to your spouse. In other words, you take what mom and dad have taught you, but then you go and talk to the spouse and say, "How do I apply this to, you know, uh, our family?" You know, and you just can't. Well, Mama said, Mama said that you know you always use peanut oil in this, and that's how I'm gonna do it. And then here it is, your spouse allergic to peanuts. Come on now, you got to adjust that thing. You got to, you got to get it right. You can't, <laughs> you can't sit there. You're trying to kill the man. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Hey, now, now I'm sitting here and be like, is your, is your people should take me out? <laughs> that's the question. Uh, <laughs> oh, they fly. <laughs> oh man! But in all honesty, we we have to add that into it. That's revisiting conversations, updating conversations. Because, like I just said, it was just it was a little. We got to factor some things. Especially you when all out. one one is fruit and all the other one is me. You hear me now? Say it again. You blink it out again. I was asking, could you hear me? Okay. Now we can. What I'm saying is we must add into it that we have to revisit conversations, refresh, because there's things to factor in now, more to factor in. So in essence, when it was three of us, that condition has gotten stale. Yeah. We agree? Yeah. All right. I just want to make sure I'm hearing y'all right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at it, you think of it like this. 
right? I don't know a whole lot about football, but you have these plays already in your mind, and you get on the field and you start to run them. But what you didn't realize is the team that you're playing against is better than you thought they were. So every now and then you got to call in your team and revisit and probably drop out or, you know, draw up another play because now, you know, this particular team, you know, you can't get to the end zone because every time you do the same play, they got you on it. So you go back to the drawing board and you do it all over again. Like that's, isn't isn't that what make corporations and, and teams successful? You know, you, you may have written out your business plan, your business model when you started the business, but guess what? While you're in the business and you're operating, things are changing. The world is changing. Technology is changing. So you have to adapt. You have to change a little bit. And in order to do that, the the first thing you got to do is is recognize that things change, and then the second thing you have to do is be willing to change with it. And uh, isn't that what growth all of, is all about? Well, I think that's how you obtain growth is by adjusting. Evolving is what we 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 didn't we talk about that before? I feel like we have, but oh, we, we definitely talked about to. evolving. Yeah, so you kind of have to evolve, and you know, for uh, for marriages, you know, you you got to evolve within your marriage, and you know, go back to the drawing board, and and you know, get up a new game plan. Absolutely, and that's very important to to know that and to, and to recognize that. But oftentimes, when we recognize it, it's too late. Well, see, there, there again, you know, what it may not be too late when you recognize it. Um, you know, we we talked a little bit about ego, so it's it's one of those things where you recognize it. Your ego should already be in check, so you should, you know, kind of humble yourself a little bit and and be open to conversations or or in recommendations from one to the other on how to move forward. Right. Um, and that's, you know, that I mean, I think that's, maybe I'm wrong, you know, Pastor can, you know, um, go, can dispute it or you can as well. But I think that that is what any successful relationship is based on. <clears throat> um, well, that's how you obtain a successful relationship as far as making adjustments. Yeah. You know, whether it's business, marriage, or, you know, um, coaching player, or, you know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, I think it's it's important. Well, I, I agree. I do think that it's important as well. Um, yeah. What do you think about it? Go ahead, I got a I got a I got a story for you that might help you out a little bit. I, I want to think it was um, four years ago. It may have been five, but um, my my mother um, I just happened to be um, at her house and I told her I said, you know, this this guy Jimmy Holly I think his name was. I said uh, Mr. Holly told me to tell you hello. I said I hadn't seen him in a while. 
And uh, she said, yeah. I said, um, it won't be much longer. I'll see him. I said, um, oh, I didn't know you were still seeing him. And she said, yeah. I said, he comes by here and get this money faithfully. I said, what money? Well, when I was young, I mean, when I'm talking when I was a kid, this man used to come door to door, and literally he sold, I don't even know how many insurance policies, but he sold my mom an insurance policy. And I, I may be wrong, but I think the value of the policy was $10,000. And she was paying so much per month or something like that. And he would come around, you know, twice a month, faithfully, and he would get her $3 or $8. I don't know what it was, but she was paying on it. Okay, now remember, she, she was doing that when I was young. And so here I am now, a grown man, married, with children, uh, you're talking about 30 years later, and this man is still collecting money from my mom. So I asked her, so why is he coming by? She said, to get that money. I said, what money? She said, I'm paying on that policy. I said, Mama, what policy are you talking about? She's been paying, had been paying, uh, was at that time close to 40 years. Had been paying when I, before I was even born. She was paying this thing literally, uh, and she was still paying on it. And the policy was still worth ten thousand dollars or whatever it was. I said, "No, ma'am." We called him right then, and I told him, "I said, meet me at my mother's house." And I told him, "I said, you know, no disrespect, but you know what? You need to be shot because you sat here and let this woman." pay all this money, all these years, and she's paid in at that time somewhere around twenty-three, twenty-four dollars for a $10,000 policy. And mm-hmm. what happened was, you know, every year, every one of us ought to go back and, or every couple of years, whatever, uh, go back and renew our policies. We ought to go back and take a look at them. We should go back and, um, you know, look at our, I don't know, our cable packages. We should go back and look at everything and see, uh, does it still apply? You know, um, if you're renting a home, you should go back and say, okay, uh, is $50,000 coverage enough uh, now that I've added 12 laptops and 14 flat-screen TVs? You have to update the thing. And since my mother didn't update it, she just wasted her money. So uh, the man said, well, what do you want to do about it? you want to cash it in or what do you want to do? I said, I want you to go back. Sit down and talk with your bosses, explain what has happened, tell them you've got an unhappy customer, and tell them that if we don't do something to rectify the situation, not only will she pull out, but all these other black folk that you've been hoodwinking all these years, they're pulling out, and we're going to come for blood. And let's just put it like this. My mama got a real good policy right now. And he makes sure if there's any updates available that she gets those things. Mm-hmm. So if we do that for our insurance, if we do that for our cable TV, if we do that for, you know, uh, our matter of fact, on your phone every now and then, at least on mine, something pops up and it says update available. Okay, if you don't take those updates, at some point your phone's going to stop operating properly. And But when it comes to our relationships, we don't update them. We don't update them. Listen, it was cute for me to look in my wife's eyes and say, oh, girl, I love you so much, and on and on and on. I got babies to feed now. I got bills to pay. I ain't got time to be drooling and all that. I got to go out there and grind. And, and you know, she, you love me, but you better, you better pay this light bill. You better pay this water bill. So we've got to. 
we've got to learn, man, to update, you know, our relationships and our marriages and even when it comes to uh, our relationship with God. You know, hey, look, God know me and I know him. But do you really know him or you just know about him? You know, get to know him a little better. Talk to him on a personal basis. Talk to him on a more regular basis. You know, uh, enhance your relationship. You know, uh, so tonight I guess it's really all about upgrade, man. We gotta, we gotta upgrade. And marriage fails, and relationship fails whenever we, you know, we take the vow, and then we just go back to business as usual. That ain't gonna cut it. That that's just not gonna cut. Y'all can't stay in a one bedroom apartment with the kids you got. I was cool when it was just maybe the two of you or whatever, but the kids you got, they ain't happening no more. You gotta have some space, man. You gotta you got you gotta have some space now. So, um I hear exactly what you guys are talking about and like I said I thought about my mom and, and um that still breaks my heart because there's others out there doing the exact same thing. Older people I mean. Well, you know, I know what does we uh we, we call it audible. That's what the wife was talking about when she was talking referring to the football terminology. You know, when when some men we adjust. We see it, we see the blitz coming. Hey, we ain't gonna do this run play. Let's fall into a shotgun. Get a better look at the field. But we're not overloading one or the other. And sometimes when I get tired she she carry me. And vice versa. That's that's what I guess that's what I admire about the yoke, if you will. Only time you go in circles is when one completely stops. When you got time to go in a circle. As long as you got some motion, I carry you until you get your wits about yourself. And then you go head on and and, and get going because I might need to slow down and what have you. But when you're equally, equally yoked, one is not running and the other one's walking. Either we're both running or we're both walking. That's the only way to work. But in layman's terms, we got to be on the same page. Can we agree? Definitely so. Yeah, I would think so. Well, that's all I got. I think I did good with that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever have you ever heard? Um, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's an actual poem, but I you know I've seen it for years. I don't know who wrote it or whatever, but there's a there's a poem or a writing at least, and it's called Footprints in the Sand, something like that. Yeah. And um, and it talks about how this man was walking, and you know it was him and the Lord, and he saw two sets of uh, footprints, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, life got kind of hard, and he only saw one set of footprints. And he said, Lord, you know what's going on? You know, did you leave me? You know, I didn't see but one set of footprints. And the Lord looked at him and said, son, when you saw that one set, it wasn't yours that you saw. It was mine because I was carrying you. 
And mm-hmm. that's that's the way it is a lot of times with that spouse. You know, you say you're yoked up, but the best thing to do when that spouse can't do that, you don't have to drag her. You don't have to, you know, uh, you don't have to say, well, you know, I'm just going to have to do it this way or that way. Put her on your back. You do that, and that way you're still heading to your destination. It's heavier, but you, at least you got it. You're not going in a circle now. You're still going in the same direction. You you know, you can take the yoke off and uh, put her on the saddle, and then that way you're still going in the right direction. So, you know, we act as though, act as though it's a sin, man, to – uh, do something that we haven't done before, but man, I, I don't mean no harm, man. I, you know, I've always had problems with that old Teddy Pendergrass song, that fifty-fifty love. I don't need that, man. If you only gonna give me fifty percent, I've always said it. Who you giving the other fifty to? I need you to give a hundred percent, and I give a hundred percent, and that way, you know, whenever you're down, guess what? I got you. I got you, and you know, vice versa. So. It's, um, you know, we may not like it. We may not think that, you know, um, the way it should be. But if Miss Quick has got her 50% of the light bill and Quick only got 10% of the light bill, y'all going to be in 100% of the dark. That's just the way it is. So Miss Quick can just say, you know what, Lord, I didn't want this. But you know what, I got to keep these lights on or whatever. So it's something, man. Life is... um, not as difficult as we make it. We make it, at least I do, make it harder than it has to be, man. You know why? Because we won't communicate. There's just things as a man that I feel like I got to do. Whereas if I may have talked with my wife, she probably saw an angle that I didn't see. But being a man, I had to, you know, I had to handle it. And we we end up in the dark. And don't tell me quick, open up your eyes. It's dark for everybody when their eyes close. Don't tell me that. I know. <laughs> I know you. I know you. <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> but, but that's the way it is. There's two of us in this marriage. And when I can't carry the weight, when I do get weak, I got to be willing to say, hey, you got to take the wheel. If we're driving from here to, you know, my wife born and raised, well, not born, but uh, was raised in Louisiana. You know, that's, man, that's, that's about a 15-hour drive, okay? I'm good driving the majority of it, but those last three or four miles, man, I mean, three or four hours, man, I get tired. But my manhood says, let me get some coffee, five-hour energy, and I can get this thing done. But in reality, she's asking me, you want me to drive a little bit? I'm okay. I've rested for five straight hours or whatever. But now nah, my manhood says, I got the majority of it. I got to get the rest of it. You know, when in reality, all I had to do was pull over and let her drive. But instead of pulling over and letting her drive, I kept going and uh, could have wrecked and killed everybody. So, man, you know what? If I can't carry it, I can't carry it right now. It doesn't mean I won't be able to carry it later on. So let somebody else carry that weight sometimes. You're breaking your back, messing up your knees, and all kind of stuff going on with you, all because, you know, um, we won't accept the help that God has provided, you know, in our spouse or whatever. Mm. And I think that's the easy part of it, you know. Um, Sorry, husband. That's the easy part of it, Pastor. 
But, uh, you know, a little earlier we had a caller on who, you know, he carries his weight by himself because he doesn't have significant other, you know, doesn't he's a single father. And so he got to get out there and work, you know, seven days a week and provide for him and his kids. Um, even, you know, though they may stay with their mom, there's stuff that they're they're lacking in her household that he has to kind of pick up the slack and, and do it his household. So, you know, he's carrying the weight of, his, what, what did he say? A five man. Five you know, what do you, Yeah, what do you got for, for people like like that when they get to burning, you know, burning out? Well, first of all, I, I say God bless him for, you know, continuing to grind and doing what he's got to do, man, not shirking his responsibility. I, I, man, my hat goes off to him because that's, um, man, that that is absolutely awesome. That's number one. But then number two, you know, understand that, you know, even though I know you're doing the bulk of it, uh, the part that your mom is doing is making a difference. So understand that you do have some help. So in other words, appreciate what little help you do have. And then now is the time that you have to adjust your prayer and, you know, it's fine to ask God for strength to keep doing it. But what's wrong with asking God to give you the help to get it done? You know, we'll we'll ask God for the money to pay a bill. We'll ask God for money for the strength or maybe ask God for a job. But when's the last time anybody was bold enough to say, God, provide me with the right spouse that can help create the balance that I need in my life? You know, mm-hmm. so, again, um I applaud that brother for continuing to go, but, you know, his mom or whoever it is, they are playing a role, so appreciate that. But then, you know, ask God, God, you know what, give me the help that I need. Give me the help. Because everybody needs help, but it's got to be the right kind of help. And he may not want a spouse. I don't, you know, that's that's definitely on him, you know, and I'm praying God will continue to give him the strength. But there's if there's something missing in his life, God will provide that for him. In my opinion, if he'll if he'll simply ask for it, if he'll simply ask for it, and I know with me after I've been hurt and damaged, I made up in my mind I'd rather do it by myself than ask anybody. But sometimes you gotta humble yourself. Sometimes you just gotta say, you know what, this is uh, beyond me, and I, and I gotta get the help that God has for me. And so um, I applaud the brother, but. Um, man, come on, God can God can help you. I don't want you to provide for him and not be there for him. I want you to be able to enjoy them and enjoy um, uh, life. So keep grinding, man, but keep praying also. That's my advice to you. If you got to do what you got to do, you do it. But again, you got to upgrade. You got to upgrade. Okay, I I dug in for three or four years, but you know what? Um, now is a new season. And in this season, there's something else that's uh, required in my life, and it may be the right companionship. That may be what's, um, you know, needed or whatever. So don't be afraid to talk to God, man, and say, listen, I need you to fill the voids in my life. The Bible said that that's the way the world was initially. It was dark and void, and and the Lord spoke, and he, he filled the void. And so what we have to do is let God fill the voids, in our life, and if uh, companionship is a void, if um, you know uh, finances are a void or whatever, ask God. 
Now, he's not going to come down here and jump in the bed with you and hug you, but he can provide somebody that uh, you can yoke up with and get this done. So, you know, don't be afraid to upgrade your life. You know, nothing wrong with grinding right now, but maybe you need to look back over your life and say, okay, what's missing? What do I need? And, you know, don't be afraid to ask God, what's the worst thing that he can do? Say no. You know, uh, you know, God knows what you need, and he wants to supply that for you. Well, I don't think that um, – the issue, I don't think it's, it's we believing that God's going to do it <laughs> at all. Sometimes I think we get too caught up with the grind. And we forget to talk to God. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we must remember we become, that nothing is more. Is, yeah. Well, nothing is more important than taking that few minutes out and say and give God, give Him His first. You know, even if it's while you're getting dressed or while you while you in the shower, while you on the throne in the morning, you got to give God His. Even if even if you're just asking for the strength to get you through the rest of this day, you know what I mean. Yes, sir. So I mean, I'm I'm now like I told her, brother. You know, I applaud it. Um, <laughs> you know, I pray for his strength. Because it's, it's he stepped up and he and he handled it regardless. You you know, especially in our community, you know, you don't see that kind of stuff on the news. So for him to to do it, somebody needs to say, "Hey, good job, bro. Keep up the good work. We're pretty good friends." And that's what we gotta do. And maybe he can ask somebody to, like you said, to yoke them up with. And God ain't gonna bring somebody that you gotta carry. You go bring more weight and add on to you. Nah, he's gonna bring somebody who's gonna help you distribute his weight. That's it. That's it. Well. I think also we gotta we gotta we gotta visit because we've talked about we've spoken about being even yoked in your in your home with your with your wife with your husband with your significant other in friendships in 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 every relationship be it work be it friend be it we have to be yoked up correct. Yes, sir. Need we need to be because if not, you'll find yourself being exhausted in that as well. Because you'll find yourself carrying all the weight, be it the burden, be it the you know the drama, either you know or what have you for this this other person that did weight. 
And we can't be afraid to drop the dead weight. When it started to, to do more, I'm saying, bro, when it started to, you know, you had, you had more drama of someone else's than yours, you probably need to let that go. You you said in friendships, too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We got to let it go. Wow, he just... You just heard about 10,000 people right there. I well, think well, that, that, yeah. I think that for me, the, you know, like, that's kind of, that's the hardest part. I mean, and I'm not saying that marriage is easy by any stretch, um, but more so when you have, I think we talked about this at one point, but toxic relationships or, or friendships um, that aren't productive and aren't going anywhere and they absolutely, you know, drain the life out of you. You know, you're not equally yoked in a friendship, um, but for some reason you, you can't let it go. You won't let it go. You know, like that. think of those like the life insurance policy. Look at them, reevaluate and, you know, upgrade or cash in. Yeah, at times you got to you got to do that as well. But you definitely got to do that. You got to refresh those as well. Because remember, <laughs> if you still have those friends that you're talking about, the yesteryears, what, what good are they? Like I tell people, I, I don't really trip on memories. I trip on plans. Like let's let's move on these plans. The memories, all that, is cool for when it was. But what about now? And what we gonna do tomorrow? That's more important to me. Yeah. Pastor, where you at on that? Look, man, I just and I can talk about this all night. It's um you know, it's just um it's sad that we as people wanna hold on to or feel obligated to hold on to yesterday. You know, um you know the old song is so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. They didn't say that. Uh, you couldn't say goodbye to yesterday, or you shouldn't say goodbye to yesterday. It is hard, but if you out here wanting to go deep sea fishing, and uh, I want to stay over here with a cane pole on the side of the, the pond, then uh, something something's gonna go lacking somewhere. You know, all I want to do is catch enough for dinner, and you're trying to catch enough for uh, a business. You know, we're unequally yoked. That don't mean I don't love you. That don't mean that, uh, you know, I'm better than you. It just means that I want something that you don't want. And we should be, you know, um, love each other enough to say, brother, you go get it. I'm praying for you, but that's not what I want. We feel like we got to hate each other, um, you know, if you don't do what I do or don't like what I like. But we got to 
again, revisit these relationships, man, and say, okay, um, um, you know, how far are you supposed to go with me? Um, for years I lived in New York, and one of the things in New York that I had to learn was the transit system. And what would happen was if a bus was going from point A to point B, I didn't have a problem. But when I had to go to point A and then turn around and get, you know, go, you know, instead of going um, uh, uh, east to west, I had to go from east to north. I'm like, okay, how do I do this? Well, they had this thing called a transfer. And I would go as far as I could go one one direction, and then I would hand them a little slip of paper. And then said, I had a transfer. I'd get on another bus, take me right where I needed to go. And so some buses were designed to take me four miles, and the next bus was uh, ordained to take me, you know, four miles in the opposite, in a different direction. So you got to understand sometimes, man, people are in your life for a season. The Bible said to everything there's a season. And so when the Bible says to everything there's a season, there's a season in relationships. There's just a season for it. You're not supposed to go all the way with me. You know, some people, I guess they could ride it out with you. But even when Jesus was praying, the Bible said he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was praying, and he told some of his disciples, he said, y'all stay right here. And in the next group, he told them, he said, y'all come with me, but then you stay right here. You know, so he allowed some to go. They were allowed to go a little farther. But truth be told, man, you got to understand the purpose of the people in your life. you got to understand, you know, don't expect um, – somebody to go 100 miles whenever you know they're just a two-mile person. This is all there is to it. And right now there's somebody on this line that grew up probably just like I grew up to where your whole family, they're 10-mile people, but you, you all got a 1,000-mile dream. And your dream is dying all because nobody in your family ever did it. Listen, it's impossible that you and your own family can be unequally yoked. You don't have to stop loving them but go get what God has got for you. God, I'm talking to myself, and I hate me right now. But this is just the way it is. At some point, you got to just say to yourself, listen, how long am I going to sit here? And stop lying. Stop lying to yourself and saying, you know, they're holding me back. Ain't nobody holding you back but you. You make that decision, guess what? When you come back and uh, everything, you still going to be family. You'll still be family, whether they accept you or not. But guess what? They're happy with what they're doing. Why? Because they're where they're supposed to be. They only wanted to go 10 miles. They did their 10 miles. They are happy. You're the one that's got the 1,000-mile dream. And so you're going to be unhappy until you go all the way. So stop sitting back there talking about them. They don't want nothing out of life. They got something out of life. You the fool that's not happy. God, I'm going to have to get off this line again tonight. This is crazy, man. But, you know, what, uh, God is good, What was that song? Well, girl, I don't know. This morning. It comes in the morning. You keep on. It's morning. But you're absolutely right. We... We have we and, and and it's just not it's just not you, you know. There's plenty of people who are unevenly yoked with their family, you know, but it's because of their 
ambitions. You know, I can't fault you because you was maybe you was only ordained to go those ten ten miles. Maybe. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to and that doesn't mean that you should limit me from going beyond those ten miles. We had a conversation about that. I think uh you said how one of your family members they want to get in elevators because they said if God wanted them to go higher, such and such, and dot, dot, dot. So yeah. that's, that's what it is. And here you are, you know, you 40, 41 before you ever get an elevator because someone had told you all through your, your, your youth that God don't want you an elevator. Mm-hmm. That's it. And how so, many people are out there like that, man? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's it's, it's quite a few. You know, uh, <laughs> it's probably only ten percent who actually maneuver towards their dream, towards their vision. The sad part about it, everybody else had, you know, they was afraid. They had something holding them back. Then they miss out. Then they get mad at you because you because you went into your business for what you thought or what God ordained for you to do, and they see the fruits that you bear. And now they hate on you because they didn't they didn't seize those opportunities that they had. They had the same opportunities, but they just believed in those ten mile limitations that somebody else put in their head. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. It's bad um it's bad to put it's bad to put a python in a put a python in an aquarium, man. He won't grow any bigger than an aquarium. So <laughs> a lot of our growth has been stunted, you know, all because of where somebody placed us or where we decided to stay. I mean that's that's just Real talk right there. You, I don't care what type of python you are. You put it inside of a certain size aquarium, it will never reach its full potential. That's just the way that it is. It's just the way that it is. And a lot of us are um, have limited ourselves, you know, just for <laughs> silly reasons, I guess you would say. But, hey, look. But, you know, the funny thing day. is, you you talking physical, but that's also more prevalent mentally. Like oh, with, with an elephant, you know, when they train an elephant, oh. they put the little ball around his leg, and yeah. you know, and even as an adult, when they want him to be under control, they put the ball around his leg. And here he is; he can swing this ball, you know, with great speed and velocity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he only thinks that. It's, it's holding them back. It's weighing them down because that's what he was programmed for so long. And that's the same mm. thing with, with us. We hear it for so long, we, you know, it's hold, it holds us back. It becomes our fence. You go too far beyond the fence, you get shot. Oh, hell, I can't go that far. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Man. 
but the moment you move move about and you and you evenly yoked with with in my case my wife I'm really not worried about anybody else's pressure, anybody else's weight. Because even if it is someone else's weight, I have help there to help me carry it and vice versa. <clears throat> that God gave. That God put there. And even if it's help cutting you off. Because, listen, bro, my wife cut off game is strong. <laughs> even if it's help cutting you off. I got that. Wow. Wow. Hey, <laughs> listen, I don't talk about it, you know, <laughs> behind the back. <laughs> I said to her face, you know. Cut off they can't believe you put me out like that. Yeah, you did. He did. He did. He put you out there like that. But you <laughs> know what? A lot of us are jealous. We are so jealous, you know. Uh, we distance ourselves, but we don't cut off. You know, <laughs> brothers, you cut off game. You know, I I like that. I just give you a little more rope. You know, but man, oh, you'd be get, be better off if you just cut it off. Let's cut it off, man. Okay. Jesus. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I'm bad for that. Or good for it either way. I don't even want to look at it. Wow. So we got, you got to call it what it is, what it is. Yeah. I was going to say, there's this, um, I, don't, I don't listen to a whole lot of music, but I tend to find a few catchy ones. There's a song that Jennifer Hudson got. She made it, I don't know, maybe her first, second album. It's called I Got This. And um, one of just like my favorite verse in there, she said, they, they said this, Sky was the limit. I put my footprint all in it because I've been there. Um, and she talks about, you know, how basically, you know, how they, regardless of who puts limitations on her or attempt to put limitations on her, she got this, you know, come on, follow me. Um, if you feel the need, she was like, better believe I got this. So it's just just inspirational and it just I don't know it's for me it's just a feel good song and it you know for she talks about how she's from the south side of Chicago we all know how Chicago is I've never been there but I mean I I see the news and stuff um but how she made it and she survived and then just knowing a little bit of her story you know from the news with what her family has been through I mean the song is really amazing and it just takes you know just to hear that Kind of puts me on a whole different level. Well, I don't know if she, if she talk about her cut up game in that song. She so inspired <laughs> you. <laughs> but that's what. <laughs> that's what. That's what we got to do. We got. We got to cut away the baggage because a lot of us are carrying so much unnecessary weight. So much. So much, and it's not fair to, to to yourself. It's not fair to your significant other or spouse. It's not. So, I guess Miss Quick has to give us lessons on how to up our cutoff game. Nah, you don't want to be like me. 
cut off game being like it is, I unfortunately don't have 10 people to to, to challenge that theory, but I just find that there's there's more value in quality, not quantity. I mean, you know, if if, if I got one that I know will pray for me every single time when I go to them, then I'm good. Like, I don't need 10 people praying for me if I got this one who's going to pick up and stand in every single time. I don't need 10. There you go. Cause I, I, my cutoff game done got like that. I just call it pastor. But I got a problem. <laughs> look, look, bro. <laughs> he know this. I start off, bro. <laughs> oh boy. Man, I'm sitting here stealing all y'all's notes. I'm just typing all this stuff up. Uh, that's Part of my message for Sunday right there. I'm I got, I got I'm getting my message early now. I just you guys were talking about it and it's just something leaping on the inside of me. Now obviously I gotta study, I gotta pray, I gotta do all those things, man, but you know, one of the our major problem in society is we don't have a strong cutoff game. And that's what I'm gonna talk to my folk about, you know. Um <laughs> you gotta have a cutoff game, man. If you don't, you're not gonna be happy. You're not gonna be successful. So, 
y'all ain't gonna get y'all ain't gonna get paid for the message, but I sure appreciate the information. So this was good. This was this was this is quality. Hey, listen, God speaks in different ways, and uh, I'm sitting over here just typing all kind of stuff down, man. Y'all, I'm like, let them keep rolling. This is good, you know. So I think I'll send you a copy of the message. <laughs> yeah, boy, this is all right.
my my one friend I've had, you know, over 35 years, you know, since since kindergarten. Um, I guess I'm lucky enough to say she's my sister-in-law now, but, you know, I've met some more along the way. But when I when I sit back and look at, you know, just overall, I got one. And then if she family, she may be janky like the rest of my family. <laughs> so I don't even know if that's going to work out anymore. <laughs> I don't even know how that's going to fly. But I'm just saying, you know, you got to. trying to find a way out. <laughs> Get ready to cut him. <laughs> Already ready to cut. Already. I'm just saying. I'm just being real. Y'all know how family can get. They get janky real fast. So, but I mean, it's just you got to look at those kind of situations. I mean, I, I, and then again, I guess I've always been a person where I'm not afraid to, to stand alone. Like I don't, you know. I don't have to have outside entertainment. I I can go out, hang out with a couple of associates or what have you, have a conversation with a couple of associates and you know, when 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 my problems get real and stuff hit the fan for me, quite honestly the only person, the only place that I can go is prayer. Because ain't nobody else gonna be able to help me get through what I'm getting through. Um, most of the time and then you know, there's some of those times when I'm in dire need and I feel like I need somebody. When I pick up the phone to call, they're not answering. So, God, don't give me any other choice. So, I guess for me being put in situations like that, you know, shoot, why waste energy in building friendships and trying to build friendships when, you know, I got God. Not saying I don't need friends. I'm just saying, you know, what's worked for me. That's just me. Well, well, you know what works? Stick to what works. You know. And God works. And has to work on the behalf. You work. So, like you said, it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. And truthfully, if you can't pray for me, I don't need you. I don't need you. Hell, I can be disruptive on my own. I can be destructive on my own. Mm-hmm. I need somebody to to sit there on. Pastor, remember those old TVs where you had to turn the knob to get the fuzzy out? Mm-hmm. I need somebody to be able to turn the knob for me. Mm-hmm. Don't change the channel. Go back to the rabbit. Right. Mm-hmm. I need somebody to be able to, to hold it right there. Yep. Don't move. <laughs> Don't and see, and that's a, that's another thing. You know, like for me, a real friend, when you call me and say, Hey, look, I need you to pray for me, I'm gonna go ahead and pray. Like I don't need to get your whole family history or your whole you know, know your blood type in order to pray for you. Like most people they well, what's wrong? Well, what you been going through? Why do you think that's been happening? You know, like, I don't need you to sit up here and dissect me or shrink me. I need you to pray for me. Like, I'm going through something real serious right now. I don't have time to talk about it. I just need prayer. And when you send yours up, God know what it is. He know what to fix. (laughs) I just need you standing on my side. Like, you know, so 
it's it's kind of it's just kind of weird for me because like when I'm going through, like sometimes I'm not looking for a pity party. Sometimes I just want to vent. But then when you start venting to people, they they want to give you their advice, and and you know, 